But uh, if you have a uh, copy of God's Word, turn with me to uh, the book of Ephesians. There are two topics that when I preach on them, I believe that I do a terrible, I mean absolute terrible job at, and that's not how you are supposed to introduce a sermon you're about to preach, but those two topics are this. It is prayer because I know I need to desperately pray more, and the second is the Holy Spirit because He is a spirit, and He is someone that we have, yet trying to get that point across to you how we can live that out is a challenge. So that is my task this morning, and I take it gladly. So um, Ephesians chapter 5, we are going to read a few verses in the middle of the chapter, and I have five questions for you. There's no way that we're going to get to all five of them today, and so you'll have to come back, and maybe I'll uh, preach on this next week as well. Um, but uh, we'll try to get to as many questions as we possibly can. But here's the first three questions, and uh, then I will read the passage. It's this. What does it mean to be filled in the Spirit? The second question is this. When does the filling of the Spirit occur? And the third is, how in the world are we filled? So, What does it mean, when does it happen, and how? So let me read. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. To the church at Ephesus, Paul writes, And do not get drunk with wine. Now that's a great way to start this sermon. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But... Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Father, I bow. God, I pray that you would speak this morning. Father, I pray that uh, there would be wisdom and there would be clarity, there would be understanding in the minds and in the hearts and the lives of these that are in this room. Father, we need to understand this. We need to understand what you offer us as men and women, as sons and daughters of the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. So I pray that you would speak this morning. Father, you would speak um, through these questions. You would speak through these illustrations, drive them home into our lives. But Father, more than that, we would understand these words. They are your words. Father, they are the words of a love letter that you gave us and that you desire for us to live out. So I pray that we would do that today. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I'm jumping into the middle of a paragraph. I'm jumping into the middle of an argument or, or a, a, 
a discussion that is being uh, had between Paul and the church at Ephesus to ask these three questions. What does it mean? When does it happen? And how does it all come about in the life of a person to be filled with the Spirit? Uh, The first thing that you and I need to just lay down and, and understand is this. The Spirit of the living God is not an it. You do not say it is in me. No, he is in you or in me. The spirit of the living God is a person and he describes himself as he, not it. Second, you and I are given this illustration in this first verse of a command. It's a command from God. There's actually two commands from God in this um, in this verse, and so let me just start by giving you a quiz. It's school time again, and so we have a pop quiz. You love them, adults, when you were in school, kids. You hate them, I know, but let me give you a pop quiz this morning. Here's the first question: God's command to you and to me is. Do not murder. Are you going to do that? You don't have to answer out loud if it's a yes. No. We take that command and we say, yeah, there's no way that we're going to do that. I am not going to murder. Okay, God's command for you and God's command for me is that we should not covet. Thou shall not covet. God's command for you and God's command for me is that we shall have no other gods before him. God's command for you and for me, parents, we desperately want this from our kids, for our kids to obey us. Honor your father and your mother, Nathan and Mary Morgan and every other kid that's here. You and I, that is a command. And here's another command. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. It is not if you want to be filled with the Spirit, if you ever get around to it on a Thursday afternoon, be filled with the Spirit. No, you and I are to be filled with the Spirit. It is a command from Almighty God that you and I are to be about. But there's also this negative command that says, don't get drunk with wine. And you're like, why in the world does he put, don't get drunk with, be filled with the Spirit? Well, I believe that he's making this argument and this illustration comes up in the church at Ephesus and for you and me today is because there's some similarities and then there's some contrast between being drunk and being filled with the Spirit. So what does it mean? The word filled there literally means to be permeated, to be intoxicated, to be saturated. If you were or I was to go and take in a six-pack of your favorite or my favorite alcohol, I was going to say Coke, but you had to have alcohol. Here's what's going to happen. And you were to drive, okay? I was reading this week, and uh, there's, even though the numbers are coming down, they're still in our nation This year, there will be some 10,000 people who will die because somebody got behind the wheel while they were drunk 
while they were intoxicated and they killed either themselves or they killed somebody else. About a thousand, about almost 1,500 of those will be a pedestrian or a bicyclist who is hit by a drunk driver. And let's just say you took in six of your favorite flavor and you got behind the wheel and it's not that it's just going to go to your stomach. No, within seconds, that alcohol is going to go from your mouth into your stomach, but within seconds, it's going to be in this thumb and in this thumb. It's going to be in that big toe and that big toe, and it's going to be in every other inch of your body. There's a similarity that Paul describes. Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, because when you and I are filled, it's not that it's just in between our ears. It's not just that, it's, that He is in our heart, that being filled with the Spirit is going to be saturated totally permeated throughout yours and my whole body. The same word is used about being filled. The same word is used in Luke chapter 4, verse 28. Luke 4 is Jesus comes out of the wilderness and he goes into the synagogue and he starts teaching. And when he starts teaching there in Nazareth, they are so irate at him. The the Pharisees, the, the whole religious hierarchy they are so engrossed they are so just enraged at him that they literally stand up I I was in this synagogue where he spoke and we just took a trip And, and here's what they did they stood up and they started pushing him and they started pushing him and they pushed him out of the city and they pushed him to the edge of a cliff and if they if God would not have made him invisible or made him disappear, he would have died right there that day because they were so enraged. They got him out of the synagogue, out of the town, onto the cliff, and they were ready to push him over and then to stone him. But he just walked right through them. And then he was gone. But they weren't just filled with their thumbs or even their arms. Their whole, I mean, the rage in them was all the way. It's the same word that is used here for filling. Some of the similarities of being drunk and also being filled. Alcohol captivates your body. It it affects your thinking. It affects your controls. It affects your responses. It it causes um, some things that bother you or bother me. Some things that you and I would never do sober, it takes those inhibitions away. You can go, maybe you do that this afternoon, maybe you do this this afternoon. You go to YouTube and you can see some uh, very entertaining videos of somebody who was arrested and they are, they're talking to the law, and you would never, they, they would never, never talk to the law. They are doing some things because these inhibitions are, are taken away. They think that they're one of the Fantastic Four. They think that they're one of uh, Marvel Avengers. They think that they're Superwoman or Superman, Wonder Woman. They think that they can climb the wall, all because they are intoxicated with There's some similarities that are there when one is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. They're not bothered. 
by things that they once might have been bothered by. Let me give you two illustrations from my life with the same gentleman. I was sitting at a table, and uh, I was sitting at Cracker Barrel this past week, and um, having breakfast, and uh, this guy that I was sitting with was like, all right, I'm going to share the gospel with our waitress. And the conversation that I was having with him was not of that mindset. The, the conversation that I was having with him was trying to get him in line with what he was doing in ministry. The conversation that I was having with him was not a great one, and I was really looking forward to my next meeting, which I had to go across town for, and I was running behind, and I was thinking to myself, why in the world are you sharing the gospel with this woman? Just to let you know, I was not filled with the Spirit. Just to let you know, I was not. Go back two weeks. Two weeks, I was sitting with that gentleman. I was eating lunch with him, and both of us were arguing. All right, I'm going to share the gospel with her before you do. No, you know, I'm going. And it was back and forth and back and forth. And when the waitress came to get our order, it was I mean, you're going to get Jesus. I don't care if you ever get our food to us. You're going to get Jesus. Why was that? Because both of us had the desire. Both of us had the uh, want to. And both of us had the spirit in us. We're not bothered by some of these things when you and I are filled with the spirit. What are the contrasts? Well, some of the contrast of being filled with the Spirit versus that of being drunk with wine is this. Being drunk with wine is debauchery. It is sinful. It is something that you and I should never be because God says that is debauchery. Being drunk with wine closes off reality. It closes off and... um, kind of starves out life, whereas being filled with the Spirit, it makes all life come alive. When you're drunk with wine, you're drunk with alcohol, you have influence of other drugs in you, you you lose control, you say things that you shouldn't say, you do things that you shouldn't do, it deadens your, you to reality. It dulls you to pain, and that's why people do it. It's because the life that they're living, the circumstances that they find themselves in, that you and I find ourselves in, we just want them to go away, so therefore we will open another bottle. We will take another peel, and we'll be influenced by these things, and God says, do not do that. But... Be filled with the Spirit. By contrast, the Spirit of God makes you more alive to the things that are around you in your world. If you look back in these verses, just a couple of verses, back to verse 15, it states this. You'll see it on the screen. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. 
a couple of answers in contrast to being drunk versus being filled with the Spirit. For those that are drunk, they are not careful, they're not wise. I just told you a stat about DUIs or DWIs. Almost 10,000 people will die this year. You don't understand. You're not coherent. But when you are filled with the Spirit, when He is alive and well in you, your reality is such. It is vibrant. It is alive to this point that everything around you, everyone around you, you're asking, all right, Lord, do you, do you want me to talk to him, her? What do you want me to do? I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. There, there's no inhibitions about me talking anymore. There is no direction. Do you want me to go this way or do you want me to go that way? Do you want me to spend five more minutes with, with him or with her? Do you want me to go on to the next? Whatever you want. Spirit of God doesn't numb you to your senses or doesn't numb you to reality. The Spirit enhances your awareness and speaks into your situation so that you might be used for His glory and you might be used for His good. So we come back to the question. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? I believe there's a couple of negative things that it means and a couple of positive things that it means. Take this cup, for instance. Let's just say that cup can talk for just a moment. And that cup is halfway filled with filthy, nasty water. That cup doesn't want filthy, nasty water in it. The cup wants pure water in it. And so the cup, wanting pure water, gets up and walks. No, the cup can't walk. But the cup can talk. And the cup says, uh, Brian, will you, will you clean me out? And will you put clean water, pure water in? Why, of course. Of course I would do that. Same way with God. There is no way that you can empty yourself of all the things that are unclean. In and of yourself, you cannot do it because you have a sin nature. I have a sin nature in me. But God is there and he desires for you, his son, his daughter, to come to him and say, Lord, there's all kind of junk in my life. I understand that there's all kind of junk in my life. I can't even see all the junk that's in my life. Will you show me that? Will you get it out of my life? Bertha Smith, a uh, saint of yesteryear, Stated it this way. Numerous times with numerous people, she would spend hours with them in prayer, seeking the Father and seeking the Spirit to rule and to reign. And when there was ever one who would come that was not living in the Spirit, she'd say this, why don't you go take you a notepad and go into a room, close the door, and stay there a while and ask this one question. And just be ready and start writing it down. Father, what is the sin that's in my life that's unconfessed and blocking the fellowship between you and me? This is not a five-minute task. If you really do it, 
It is not a five-minute test. It's not a 15-minute test. It's not even a 30-minute test. But if you want to be clean before the Father, ask Him. Father, at this time, you just unload on me. Maybe it's one, maybe it's 100, maybe it's a 1,000. I don't know, but just sit there and start writing when He brings to mind an attitude that you had toward a spouse, toward a coworker, toward a child, toward a neighbor. A word that you said that you shouldn't have said. An action that you should have done that you didn't do. You did not obey an action that you did that you should not have done. When you confess them, when I confess them, he has to bring them up. He's the one that paid the price to take all the filth and the junk out of you and put the pure and the clean, which is his spirit, Cover you by the blood of his son. What is holy? Holy means separate, specific purpose. Unholy may not for you and for me. Oftentimes it is this. It's not specifically sinful. It might be very well and good, but it's out of place. You've prioritized it improperly. Oftentimes, yours and and my sin, it's not this blatant defiance against Almighty God, but it's taking the blessings that He has given you and He's given me and putting them out of order. It's a slow, gradual, oftentimes, placing these good things, God's blessings, ahead of Him. So we stop spending time with Him daily. We sit in the plush living rooms of our homes inundated with media social and non-social we're engrossed with past times that are in their place or great and gifts but they've become idols maybe it's sports maybe it's college teams maybe it's technology internet golf baseball football hunting shoes jobs kids anything out of place is an idol and it must be placed in order. I'm not saying you can't hunt, guys. I'm not saying you can't play basketball or baseball. I'm not saying you can't shop, ladies. I'm saying this. Why don't we start asking God how much you and I should do those things? How much time should we give this? I ate lunch this week, and you did too but you're not talking about your lunch. I ate lunch this week. And the conversation turned with the person I was eating. And I was like, you know what? I, I just I can't get on the Internet. I, I, I cannot. I can't get on the Internet because every time I get on the Internet, I'm looking at this gadget or at that gadget, and it is eating. And I just, I just can't do it. Now, is the Internet bad? There's some parts of it. Are gadgets bad? There's some parts of them. I'm not asking, I'm not saying, don't do those things. I'm saying, if we're going to be obedient to the Creator, if we're going to be obedient to the King, if we're asking to be filled with His Spirit, then we've got to ask Him how much you and I should do this, that, or the other. You'll never have power. And you'll never live the victorious life with all the junk in your life. 
to be filled also is positive. It is this. It means that you and I are open. We're open to the whole being of God to take full possession of our lives and full control of our lives. One pastor stated it this way as I was doing some research. He stated it this way. As he spoke of being filled with the Spirit, it, being filled with the Spirit, is for him to possess our redeemed personality so that our spirit, our soul, and our body comes under his domination. So that our heart and mind and will come under his gracious control. That is what being filled with the Spirit is. So quickly, I ask a second question. When does the filling happen? Most of the time when I stand up here, I try my best to have good grammar. But I'm about to have bad grammar but great theology. And great theology trumps good grammar any day of the week. So here is how the sentence literally is stated in verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be being filled continually with the Spirit. If you were to read it, and as you read it, all you do is take those words, but be filled with the Spirit, you and I would think, that's a one-time deal? That's all it is is one time. It happened in the past, so therefore I just keep having the Spirit in me. He's filled me up, and so therefore I'm just going to live my life. No. Being filled with the Holy Spirit of Almighty God is not a one-time event. It is a continual event. It happens over and over and over. It is totally different than being indwelt by the Spirit, which occurs when you or when I, when anybody bows the knee, confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of their lives. Being filled with the Spirit is something opposite, not opposite, but something different from being indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Every Christian is indwelt with the Holy Spirit. But you and I are commanded not to just be indwelt, but to be filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is something that needs to occur over and over and over again on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis. Think of it this way. At the turn of the 19th century, the turn of the 19th century, if you were to go and you were to be living um, when it went from 1899 to 1900, I think that's the 19th century. That may be the 20th century. When it got to the 19th century, the 1900s, okay, running water came to New York City. Five boroughs in New York, and running water comes. The mayor, every time water, running water would go to a new borough, the mayor came out and had a huge ceremony, had a huge amount of people from that borough that were there, and they did ribbon cutting, they did a celebration, had the band, and it was, it's not like the mayor is going to come every time that there's a house that has running water in that borough. No, it just came to that borough, and he goes to the next one. 
Now, let me back up for a second. Let's move forward with the Holy Spirit. Some have equated the filling of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when that occurs at a time outside of salvation. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God happens when a person accepts Jesus Christ. The filling of the Holy Spirit is to happen every single moment, every single day. It is a command that that is how you and I are to live our daily lives. But Brian, there are verses in Colossians, excuse me, in 1 Corinthians. Brian, there are verses in Acts that say that there was salvation and then at a time later there was the, quote, Holy Spirit coming. I'll give you that illustration. It's not that every time that the mayor goes into a house, that running water goes into a house, that the mayor of New York is going to show up. It's not every time that Chip Johnson, the mayor of Hernando, is going to go when, every, when there is a new house and ground is broken on a new house. No, but he will show up if there's going to be a new Kroger. He will show up if there's going to be something that is going to be massive that's going to move Hernando forward. Hello, that's what God did with the Spirit. God opened a new frontier. He went from Jerusalem and Judea and Israel up to Antioch. Something else. He went from Antioch and the Samaritans and those folks there to the Gentiles. Hey, I need you to understand that I'm with you. I need, to un- I need you to understand that I'm directing you. So let me show you something special and I will show up in this way. There's the examples. How, when, are you and I to be filled? We are to be filled each and every day. How are we filled? Here's how we're filled. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. The way that you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit of God is by doing these things. Is is it a result of being filled that you do this or is this the cause of you being filled? Yes. Well, which one is it? Yes. It, it, it's both a result. Because if I am filled with the Spirit, I am going to be about this task or about these things. But if I am about these things, guess what? I am also going to have the Holy Spirit of God. It's not that you and I are going to walk up to one another and say this. I walk up to any one of you, and here's how the conversation starts. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Amazing grace. Jesus Messiah. No, that's not how it occurs. But because you and I, when you and I are filled with His Spirit, you know what? The conversation is different. The countenance on your face, the countenance on my face is different. There is something different 
The conversation is more weighty. It's not just superficial. The conversation is on different subjects than what they normally are. How you and I are filled is we are rejoicing in the salvation. There is some question. I was standing, I was right there just a moment ago and Sean and the band were leading and one of my favorite parts of the song he backed away, you backed away from the microphone to hear everybody say the name Jesus, and I was about to belt, and I was whoa, I can't belt it out, because I'm going to belt it out, and everybody's going to hear, because there's no sound coming, I sit on this front row so that that speaker will drown out my bad voice, and he backs away, and I'm like, oh, I can't sing like I want to sing, because whoa, that was terrible. There is some questions about if you and I are to be making melody in our hearts or if we're to be making melody with our hearts. It can be translated either way. For me, I should make melody in my heart because I sing off key and I sing loudly. For others, it's making melody with your heart. Some of you, you think you sing off key or you just don't sing and if you're filled with His Spirit, That is an aspect of our lives that will come out each and every day. I close this morning, part one of this message, this way. There is a command. There is a command. There is a command the one and I say this to brothers and sisters in Christ the one who you have bowed the knee to the one that you have said I want you to be my Lord I want you to be my Savior the one that you and I have said I surrender myself to you he commands you I don't command you Your spouse doesn't command you. Your mom doesn't command you. God commands you. Be filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is not an emotional high. Being filled with the Spirit is not, it does not make you run uncontrollably. Being filled with the Spirit is Him ruling and reigning present in your life it is something that he desires it is something that is for his glory it is something that is for your good heavenly father i bow before you god it father it is um, fresh again this morning Father it's fresh again that I can do absolutely nothing without you Father the information that was given this morning means nothing without you. 
Lord, you change hearts. Father, you change people's priorities. You change my priorities. You change my heart. Father, you have to work. Because it is not information that we desire. It's not information that I desire to be given. It is transformation of souls and lives. So that there might be power. There might be light in darkness. There might be power for times of trials and tribulations. Times of everyday life. So that this world might know. Father, it begins in me. It has to. Father, I pray that it, be, it would begin in us. That we would die to self. And that you would rule and reign. God, you work. I ask in Christ's name.